All right, looks like we are live. If so, if we're not live, then let me know. I'm gonna I'm trying to run it all from a, a one man band studio somewhere in the Kansas City area. How's it going, everybody? My name is JT, aka JT Nickel on Reddit at Pro DJ KC on Twitter. I'm uh, joined on Zoom right now by the Everlast man himself, Super Fizz, and uh, we got Nixo hanging out with us as well. This is the Daily Dudes Roundup, uh, our second edition of the year, and uh, we're super excited that you could join us. The way this works, if you're in, on YouTube, you can come to the EV Mavericks Discord, jump on stage if you want to chime in with voice. We got a few people on stage right now, and uh, we're going to go through the top 10 dudes of the week and uh do a little bit of reaction reflection. The goal is to keep this about 40 minutes long. So in classic, classic tradition, we're going to save the best for first. And that is our shit post of the week by our very own experience goblin town username experience goblin town. Ironically, or coincidentally, this was uh, their first post on Reddit under this account. <laughs> and the name kind of gives away the humor in it. He goes, what the, where are y'all going? <laughs> Experience Goblin Town. Great job, dude, of the uh, the ship post of the uh, week. I don't know if anybody caught the humor in that when they saw that, but that was that was funny to me. It was well well timed, coming out the gate strong. Yeah, right. impactful timing. <laughs> and then... Uh, We've got our, our haiku of the week. We just decided to go ahead and start doing this. The haiku of the week by our very own J.S. Tears. And uh, it reads, another night shift, review and merge pull requests, the open source gift. Now, for those of you who don't know, J.S. Tears has been writing a haiku every day. And he's always, he's got the meme uh, he's going to write a daily haiku until at least a 0.178 on the ETH BTC ratio or highest market cap. And uh, that person is also the Ethereum, Ethereum Paris uh, ETH CC organizer. And with that, I think we are ready to rock and roll. Go ahead, A-Word. What's our first dude of the week? Sure, yeah. Friday, January 6th, we had big, bigly Bill Braskley has a personal update for us. And this one, this one I, I was reading through this um, last night. It, it kind of hit, it kind of hit me in the, uh, the feels, so to speak. Uh, let me switch screen here so you can read along. The Brasky Strike Back Part 2. It's been over two months since my wife lost her job and wanted to share an update. We both had found job opportunities on separate coasts of the U.S. and we're prepared to live apart for a few months so that we could find the income to keep the house and wait for something permanent to open and open up back home. I had even readied the house and advertised it for rental, hoping to find a tenant while we were gone. At the last minute, we both found jobs in town. Not only did she get hired with full-time employment, but she'll be making 20% more than her previous job. I had been watching our little one as my main trade is in construction and the real money is made on large industrial projects but requires traveling away from home. I had found a part-time gig that worked well with our schedules but had to quit as I was going back on the road to work. 
I got a call right before leaving, and a side hustle that I had tried to get started back in August has now just opened up, and I'll be making more than double my previous income while still playing daddy daycare. The last few months have definitely been a trial and has put a lot of stress on our marriage, but we came out as better spouses and better positioned than before. We had enough savings in case of emergencies, and I was prepared to start selling my sweet, sweet, precious ETH if things got worse. We were able to not burn through everything, and our ETH stack is still intact, earning rewards. Glad I can share this with my ETH fam and anyone else going through the fire. Amazed to have a spouse who can get aggressive, and when the bear bites, we bite back. That is freaking amazing. <laughs> that makes me think how weak-handed I am. Like I'm not, I'm not like waiting until we have to like separate cities to sell each. I'm like, um, you know, I I sure would like um, a new pen in my desk. Maybe I'll sell a few ETH to buy one. Pens you buy. It's heartwarming, guys. Like really, um, hearing somebody overcome like that and doing whatever it takes. That's really what. Uh, life is about like just doing whatever it takes to make make it work for you. Uh, so, man, I love Bigly. I, I don't know where you came from, Bigly, or if you've always been there and you just changed usernames. But I'm a I'm a huge Bigly fan. The dude has what it takes to survive life and and prosper in life. I love it. I have to say, like hearing that they decided to get jobs in separate cities, like that's crazy. I mean. Right, like that—that that takes that. <laughs> commitment and dedication to each other to like withstand that. I mean, kudos to them. I, I'm, I'm an even bigger Bigly fan now. You're a Bigly fan. You're a bigger. I'm, I'm a I'm a Bigly Brasky fan for sure. But now that that post and hearing all that really like cemented it. I am a Bigly fan. They have what it takes. And if you guys are, are using Reddit Enhancement Suite, you can save those to your res file. I recommend getting used to doing those types of things. You know, I'm, I'm showing you on the live stream here how easy it is. So I, I would save that as an ETH Finance gem because that may be something that I make into a video later on uh, in lieu of I kind of think, mm -hmm. you know, for those of us like who have been stacking ETH for a few years, I really like it gives you that security blanket to know that if things get really tough, like you do have that that cushion to fall back on. Like I, I've never been a fan of the diamond hands philosophy of like Wall Street bets. I've always been like, if ETH can improve your quality of life, then you should use it for that. So it's it's really great to know like they didn't have to dip in, but they have that extra security blanket if they needed it. So it's really cool. Yeah, that's an amazing story. Let's move on to number two. A yeah, word. number. Number two on Saturday, January 7th. Oh, no, I'm sorry. January 6th, Magnus Hansen shares a new paper on crypto network security. Magnus writes, economic Eric Budish pre presents a new paper showing skepticism regarding the cost of secu uh, securing the Bitcoin network. The main criticism boils down to the fact that there is no trust in the system in the sense that there is no, quote, memory, unquote, to build up trust. A miner is only trusted by spending computing resources right now. 
but does not get rewarded for building up a good reputation. He argues that although this is a perfectly fine model for security, it gets very expensive. In the concluding remarks, Budish briefly discusses POS and says that it could potentially be used in a better way. And then he goes on. I'm going to let you guys react to that. What? No takers? No takers. I think has oh, been talking for quite a while. I was for like I the past five minutes. I, I'm not now, I think. So it, it makes me think back to um, <laughs> Vitalik's uh, chat during the merge call, where he kind of described uh, proof of stake as like a multi-purpose security mechanism that could be upgraded and changed. Like we're we're not beholden to the old ways of securing the network. Now that we have uh, trust through validators, we can expand and change and develop in any way. So uh, I, I'm just, I, I don't have, I don't have a lot of time to, to attack Bitcoin, but looking forward, I just see so much potential for uh, future security mechanisms in Bitcoin. I've, in Bitcoin, that's, I'm sorry, that's the next call in Ethereum. So um, <laughs> I, it's just, it's really cool. Very good. Let's go ahead and move on I, to number three, I, A word, unless somebody else wants to chime in. I do briefly. Go for it. I mean, you have to remember both proof of work and proof of stake are just civil resistance mechanisms. The basic idea underpinning this is that it's hard to do evil at scale without like it becoming revealed. And when people do evil in public, it tends to backfire on them like spectacularly. Um, and so the basic idea of proof of work is you have to go and spend a bunch of electricity in order to prove that you, um, you know, are a real person. And the idea with proof of stake is just capital. That money can't be faked, right? Um, if we come out with something that's even more efficient while retaining civil resistance, we, like if we get a, a really good decentralized identity, if Gitcoin, Gitcoin Passport somehow takes off and you can get votes equal to like your forgery resistance score or something, that could be integrated in the consensus layer. And it could be more democratic or have whatever improved crypto values we want so that we're not just reliant on money as a source of of trust and truth and humanness, right? There's a there's a long path forward here. And proof of stake is a ninety-nine point nine five percent improvement in the efficiency of the system. But I don't think it's the the final end game. I think there are layers that we can stack upon this even if not on the Ethereum mainnet, on all of the associated data availability services, Oracle networks, and everything else is going to be layered and integrated going forward. Thank you very much. That was Logri the Bard from tokenomicsexplained.com. I'll shill his site so he doesn't have to. It's wonderful. Uh, A-word, let's rock and roll. Yeah, number three was on Saturday, January 7th. Diego D explains why they don't really see the point in Bitcoin anymore. And this is a first Duke shout out. Yes, very good. Diego D writes, for the first time in my six years of crypto, I am starting to seriously ponder. I do not actually get the point of Bitcoin. It's unprofitable to, to mine it. It pays no yield if you already have it. It doesn't protect you from inflation it needs a steady supply of greater fools during its cycle because its security costs 
scales with the price. See the boom bust curve. Its vocal supporters are cringe. I've always agreed that Bitcoin is pristine collateral, while ETH has a place as a programmable crypto asset, but things have changed. I'm at the point where the flippening is not a meme anymore. It is the guaranteed outcome of the supply-demand dynamics that we are witnessing now. Just needs more time to play out. ETH is now the pristine collateral in my opinion, and I don't see why in the future ETH can't have flipped Bitcoin multiple times. I was a uh, I was cautiously joking the flippening and then the two X of the flippening is the fappening. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, the the lappening is two X and the fappening is three X because you keep going. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. Gotcha, gotcha. Flippening, fappening, <laughs> flippening, lappening, fappening. Sorry. <laughs> yes, Diego D, great job. Anybody else? I've, that was it's, it's funny when uh, somebody comes to this realization, like I think we all have probably in the past, like you're like, why Bitcoin at all at this point? So I love when people make these posts because uh, a light bulb has gone off in their head. It, it's clicked for them, like what we've been saying, I guess, for uh, probably years even. Uh, so this is awesome. I love this post. This is great. I love seeing these posts. Yeah, it's like a yeah. chest pounding Wolf of Wall Street thing when they're sitting at the table, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh-oh. Nixo ran away. Her cat, her cat must be missing. <laughs> uh, good. I think we'll move on. Yeah. All right. Yeah, on Saturday, also January 7th, Whack Whack Attack shares their latest interview on Rocket Fuel with Jasper, a.k.a. our very own Sikh soldier. All right, Whack Whack Attack. I recorded a new Launchpad episode with uh, Sikh, Sikh soldiers. Hopefully I said that right. Jasper is an extremely popular member of the Rocket Pool community. In the episode, we talk about how his early crypto journey had him spending time here in ETH Finance, he, uh, his path to the Rocket Pool community, and how he became Rocket Pool's resident DeFi expert, or yeah, expert, it was a misspelling. At the end of the video, we do run through of his paper, we did a run through of his paper, Why Paradigm Was Wrong, and how Wreath will flip Steeth. You can watch it here, and there's a YouTube link. For those of you who don't know, Launchpad is an interview, interview series within Rocket Fuel, a daily news show summarizing everything happening in the Rocket Pool community. So these guys, uh, both Whack Whack Attack and Jasper, are two of my two of my best friends lately. Um, they are just extremely humble, loving, caring guys. Like they're not uh, they're not the in your face kind of people. They're just like humble kind of guys who want to make the ecosystem better for everyone so um i really do suggest checking out oh your mic uh i really do suggest checking out um rocket fuel heat it, it's a daily podcast that whack whack attack modeled after anthony sasano's daily gway so if you're not already listening to daily gway you should if you're also also interested in rocket pool you should check out rocket fuel uh, and there's an interview series by Whack Whack Attack, and I'm on one of them, and uh, Anthony's on one of them. It's it's a great series. Uh, these guys are just really genuine, uh, good people. Hey, can you link? 
link to those things you you just mentioned, Fizz, in the sub or something for everybody to check out? That sounds awesome. Well, I think this uh, watch it here link is going to be a link to Rocket Fuel, the uh, the channel. Uh, and on that channel, you'll also find the daily Rocket Fuel episodes. Uh, uh, the podcast? Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Thanks. Of uh, particular fame for Jasper, uh, he was one of the people that helped get the first real of any liquidity for our ETH on the blockchain. So he coordinated with uh, uh, one of those billionaires before they exploded, um, you know, yeah. and the guy had a lot of curve and he got the guy to bootstrap uh, the curve. Um, Tetra. Like, yeah, Tetra node. And he got the he got Tetranode to direct all of his curve issuance to this RETHWST ETH pool. And the amount of liquidity that drew that's available was, was easily 10x. Like those governance um, system like did more for DeFi uh, than entire applications have, right? Excellent. Just really demonstrates the power of some initiative and independent action and really caring about, you know, what we are doing here and contributing however you can. How uh, are any of those guys going to be at ETH Denver? You're muted. Supervis muted. I'm over here muted telling Nick that she's muted. <laughs> I'm going to stay unmuted. Um, so, uh, uh, Jasper will not make it, but Wack will make it. December. Okay. If if there's, I don't know, we'll talk offline, but I heard maybe there's going to be a rocket pool house somewhere. Yeah. So there, what's the exciting thing is a rocket pool table uh, that, that is, is going to be staffed and we'll all be there quite a bit. It should be a lot of fun. The most exciting thing that came up yesterday, and it's a total secret, so I can't tell anybody, is... Uh, they're they're thinking about setting up uh, based on Joe Clapis's uh, low powered uh, Rock Five B staking device uh, exercise bikes, so you can pedal uh, an attestation on the exercise bike and then get a PO app saying that you uh, pedal powered an attestation. Very cool. That's pretty neat. I uh, well, I was asking if they were going to be at a house because I'm I'm threatening to barbecue when i'm in denver somewhere and i just need a i need a kitchen hey uh i think we have a kitchen for you my friend yeah we do. Nix has we given do us, yeah you got I a think kitchen we have a, yeah come to the east staker house oh the east yeah, i need house. an invite to that barbecue the the password is uh <laughs> ultrasound money all you have to do is say the password at the door they'll let, they'll let you in if it, don't share right. it it's a secret so don't I, share, it's a secret <laughs> <laughs> if you forget the password, we're turning you away at the East Acre House door. Yeah. Oh no. Well, I also am going to need the address for the East Acre House. <laughs> yeah. Well, my. I don't even know the address. Wait, wait, hey, you're <laughs> definitely welcome. We'll get it. Well, the the side hustle would be I'm going to get in town on Tuesday, and uh, go to a wallet conference on Wednesday. But then I I'm driving a shitty van into town, and I'm going to have that. So I'm going to go to the store Wednesday night and then all I need is a, a badass smoker and like people. <laughs> I'm not barbecuing people but I'll, but somebody needs to somebody need now. I'm fine. I'm I'm happy I'm <laughs> happy in the East kitchen. Stakers think East Acres are thinking of having um an event at some sort of bar on Wednesday the 1st. That's fine. I, I'm thinking Thursday would be food day. 
I could imagine you cooking like the best barbecue ever. I just imagine like you surrounded by 50 of your best friends, like doing barbecue. That just sounds like the best thing ever. Yeah. And I, I think it'd be fun to, fun to do. I was, I was already thinking of, you know, 30 people or so I do beans, three pork butts and two briskets. And I'm already looking for smokers to rent. Let's move on. Actually, I was going to take that opportunity to say, JT, let's coordinate because I'll be doing a happy hour as well over at Cerebral Brewing. So maybe we could do a little happy hour uh, right before the barbecue. Mm. I'll be doing happy hour getting stuff prepped in my in the kitchen. So we could do we yeah. could do both. I don't really care. Yeah. We'll talk about it offline, but I'm down. Yeah, yeah, right on. We moving just got to find we got to find a smoker. I've already been looking for rentals anyway. All right, on Sunday, January 8th, Austinist or Austin Street? I, enlightens I like us. Austin Street. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He'll this is us. the fun part. This is the fun part. Uh, he enlightens us to the conflict of interest for entities running MEV Block Builder and MEV Relays. Okay, he's so. He's actually on stage. Yeah, he's on stage, and I think it would be better if he goes goes ahead and leads us down the road of what this is with the MEV boost relay transaction censorship stuff is because me reading it is going to gloss gloss over some eyes I think and I can't really summarize it without uh, uh, leaving out other good bits so Austin if you're if you want to chat about this post we would love your insight I got three awards 68 upvotes uh, Austin's been on our dudes list a total of 13 times according to my swatch uh, calculator. So, uh, Austin, do you want to say anything about this? Check one, two. We can't hear you if you're talking. I see you're unmuted. He could check his settings. Um, I will read the first part of it, though. MEV boost relay transaction censorship has gotten a good amount of attention since the merge, and for good reason. Fortunately, word has gotten around and the trend is improving. So I think it's time to emphasize another problem in the relay space. Relays, who also run builders, relay builders, as opposed to independent relays. I need a better term for this. This is informed by my time working on that, I don't know how to say this word, ASTIS relay. And while I believe our relay can help with this problem, I hope you can trust that my goal here is not marketing. We don't make any money off this relay anyway. So if there's anybody that could give a 50,000 foot view in a short amount of time on, on what this post contains, I would appreciate your guidance. Otherwise, we'll move uh, on. There's JB. I don't have a summary or anything because I'm still trying to... Uh, <laughs> grasp what he's saying here, but I thought it was such a great post because it, it's like a threat, uh, it, the way I view it anyway, to the ecosystem because, um, you know, you're concentrating too much power into a single entity's hands. So I thought it was awesome. I reposted it on caches because I thought it was so awesome. But uh, I mean, it's definitely something that, that everyone needs to look at. This This could be a problem, I feel like, in the future. I, I can't summarize the post, but I will say like <clears throat> Austin and his, his partner right now, it's Kudita. Um, Austin and Kudita have developed this like as a pure community service. And it, you know, you, it's easy. It's difficult to 
look at something like this and say, what are they getting out of it? Um, and it can be difficult to recognize pure public goods, uh, but I do appreciate their work and uh, I'm 100% willing to vouch for their uh, investment in public goods and not a desire to get anything from someone. So I appreciate their effort. Ryan, one more time, just in case. There he this is. is coming through. There's Austin. He's that talking. All right. Yes, yeah, sounds great. Cool. Hey, glad to have you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm in the corner of a ski lodge on my phone, trying to get this to work. But cool. Yeah. Sounds uh, rough. The shout out. <laughs> yeah. You bet. You bet. <laughs> just wanted to. Yeah, I don't want to dwell too long, but I'll say quickly. Um, so relays are supposed to be these uh, neutral intermediaries between the builders and proposers. Um, so basically, it's a big conflict of interest if somebody is running both a builder and a relay, because then they have a financial incentive to prioritize their own builder. And that generally means stealing MEV from the other builders or, or otherwise, you know, deprioritizing the other builders' blocks in favor of prioritizing your own builders' blocks. It's a massive conflict of interest. And right now there are only, well, there are two relays that aren't running their own builders. Um, all the others are running their own builders. Uh, the ASTIS relay is running its own builder, but only as a, a kind of test, just as a setup until we get some third-party builders going. But yeah, um, we shall be pushing for uh, relays to be as neutral as possible. So that's the gist of it. I just I appreciate your transparency push. It's so valuable that people are standing up for transparency and, and impartiality and not just saying, ah, it's a necessary evil, let's go with it. Because it's it's something we can push against. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Thank you very much. Yeah. And appreciate and it, you bringing technical stuff to the daily like this, because there's, there's plenty of people from, you know, Ethereum Reddit, so to speak, that found a lot of value in what's going on on ETH Finance. And we, we love having a good balance of technical and uh, non-technical. There's such a, a coldness to the digital landscape, and this is a nice warm feeling to know that uh, our community, people in our community are out here uh, keeping an eye and keeping this stuff mindful. Very good. Let's rock and roll. Appreciate, I also just appreciate the bite-sized chunk of it. Like, I don't think most of the readers are going to go to the Ethereum Foundation documentation of like the beacon chain components of relayers and proposers and builders and dot, 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 right? They're not going to go actively Google and seek that out. But when you get a well upvoted and sort of bite sized chunk of something that takes five minutes to read, you know, you might get something that sticks in there. And over time, as a community, we sort of build up a, a lexicon or working knowledge of the architecture just by like the discussions that fall out of, out of these in a way that's much more approachable to people that would otherwise never have the initiative or skill or um, would put in the time otherwise to develop that knowledge. All right, moving on. Go ahead, A-Word. Yeah, on Sunday, January 8th, Superfizz has some predictions on the Shanghai update for us. You want to take this one away? I'll read a little bit of it here. You've got a big, ah. it's a big post. Why don't you I, give I us won't. a 50,000 foot view on some of so this I'll give stuff. you a 100,000 foot view. Uh, so it's, it's just my guesses. My guesses about what uh, what could happen during withdrawals. Uh, and I gave them all like kind of confidence. Um, 
some things like I think it's going to happen. Uh, then I said March 28th as a wild guess. And now I think it's it may be more likely to tend into, into early April. Um, I think network use is going to skyrocket immediately. There are so many pent up things that people want to do. Um, that means they're going to be some very valuable MEV blocks mm. uh, in the hours after uh, after that. <clears throat> I do think the exit queue is going to fill up pretty quickly. Um, I saw someone saying like, 30 to 70% churn. I don't I don't think we're going to have that many exits, but I I do think uh that we're going to the the exit queue is going to fill up uh for a few days and then I do think like uh big providers are going to change their key management strategies over the coming months and years, which will keep a constant uh kind of low level churn in the in the exit queue. I don't think they'll all dump in at once. I think they're going to like they're going to balance that. Um <clears throat> I, you know, everybody's interested in the price. I don't expect a lot of price action because everyone has already like thought through what might happen and they've already acted on that. It's it's not a surprise event. It's a known event. Um, but what I really want to skip down to is what we can do as a community to prepare for um, withdrawals. And the first one is educate everyone about the transition to proof of stake. A lot of people still don't even know that's happened or what it means. Um, Talk to people about the relationship between good staking um, on the network and and the price. Good staking, that is staking in a decentralized way, staking from home, th staking through services like Rocket Pool, will drive the price of Ethereum up in the long run. And that benefits all of us. Staking in dangerous ways, like centralizing through exchanges, through dangerous LSD, or like centralizing LSDs, uh, that will drive the price down over, over many years. And it's something we want to avoid. Um, get commitments from people to restake in healthier ways after withdrawals. So they're saying, well, you know, I've been on on uh, Lido for years now, and uh, you know, I'm definitely going to switch to something better later. Um, encourage them to commit because if they don't commit, when that when those withdrawals happen, they may forget or they may get complacent, be like, ah, well, you know, things are working. I don't need to change. Uh, and then finally. Um, we as a community have to continue building and encouraging other people to build because the price is a lagging indicator of what we've built. So instead of staring at the price, do something. All right. That was my 100,000 view. That was beautiful. I'm sorry. I needed to go fast. <laughs> All right. In the interest of time, we're going to rock and roll moving on. Yeah, Monday, January 9th, Maleficent Plankton reminds us about a recent scam that's been going around. Uh, this is very, very important. I want everybody to listen in on this one. And and second of all, this dude is the highest ratioed or person. I shouldn't say dude. This person is the highest uh, amount of dudes per capita in the in the sub by far. Like always major alpha from uh, Maleficent Plankton. There was a fairly notable phishing post on our cryptocurrency yesterday where the user mistakenly sent tokens to an address that looked very similar to his actual address same starting and ending characters he originally thought he had a clipboard malware that changed his address but it turned out he actually copied to the wrong address if you look at his polygon scan history days before the mistakenly mistaken transaction you can see that he was targeted multiple times all these similar looking addresses had interacted with his account in the past two weeks 
His, his address is at the top, ending in 3614C. And if you look through these other addresses, so many of them look very similar. This is known as address poisoning. Attackers send low-value token transactions and receive zero-value token transactions to and from your addresses, hoping that you accidentally pick their addresses in future transactions. Blockchain explorers and some wallets will show these transactions. Ding, 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 ding. I'm a, I work for one. The recommended way to avoid getting tricked is to use an address book of whitelisted addresses. Most wallets and exchanges have an address book feature, and they've posted a comprehensive list of uh, crypto scams. You got to go follow that link too, because that's a banger of a post, all these different scam possibilities. And I'll turn it over to the, the crowd here. This would absolutely get me. The when I when I send any transactions, it's the like the first four and the last five that I check. I was um, thinking the same thing. I was like, oh but shit. But I Yeah, but I I'm curious where they're copying, like where these people are copying from. Um because it's not like you go to your ether scan and you like look at an old transaction and copy an address from that old transaction, right? Like another another thing that could be added onto this is copy from the right places. Because when you go to like your MetaMask, you have that little copy button and it's directly from the account that you're controlling. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess that's something to add. This is this is a crazy scam. I don't know how these um, attackers are also generating these addresses because it seems hard to generate an address that's similar to an address that has funds in it, unless it's some sort of vanity address. I don't know. That, that seems like a really good best, best practice technique. Uh, to to be very careful where you copy addresses from. Because I, I admit, like, in the past, I'll be just like, well, oh, well, that's OX399, that's me, I'll grab it. Um, but we should develop those mental pathways that are like, this is best practice for copying my own address. I'm going to speak on behalf of the company I work for, and I'll keep this very, very brief, because I don't want to make this into some kind of campaign. I want all hardware manufacturers to come up with a way that people can copy addresses that are trusted and known out of out of a ether scan and then make custom labels just like you can on ours that way if you go to sign you would see the label you expect to see rather than the other five labels that this user was seeing here and that's all i got to say about that it is it is imperative if i had to guess how they're deriving these there could be some kind of robot spitting out seed phrases spitting up wallets and then what they're doing is they're just putting them in a database and then they're trying to find the closest match they can to the target that they're going for. And that's, you're, they're sick. You're These, kind of an expert at I'm, wallet management. What, what do you use? For, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. <laughs> you're supposed to say grid plus lattice. One, no, bro. I'm not done. I'm, I'm done. I already said my little piece. Uh, We're moving on. I just want to say one real quick. Hey, that, can you say uh, one thing? Can I say something? Oh, go ahead. Um, you know you're part of a like crypto couple when uh, waiting for you underneath the Christmas tree is a grid plus spot. <laughs> <Stop. laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. I, I just wanted to highlight the importance here. Uh, set one less posted in that thread that we were just talking about. Uh, ENS. I mean that that will save you from this if if everybody kind of had an ens you wouldn't have to worry about this yes that so too. Uh, that highlights the important importance of an ens uh, everybody was like why should i have one there that's exactly why you should have one 
Yeah, absolutely. And it you could also drill down and you know if you're dealing with a bad smart contract, you need to get all those little like call contract addresses labeled too. I mean, it's we got a long Jeremiah. ways to go to get this UI figured out for sure. And these guys are these guys these people are freaking brilliant at scamming if only they could turn that switch into something better you know? here's the thing we cannot be afraid to talk about good products because that's the only right. way people january find out january 10th on a tuesday doubt stars are fire invites everyone to join HodlerCon discord ahead of the planning for a 2024 meetup doubt stars writes we had so much fun in Hawaii, we're going to do it again. For those of you that don't know, HodlerCon 2024 is currently in the planning stages. Join our Discord to get involved. Luau Dao is submitting a presentation about our decentralized Layer Zero vacation at ETH Denver. Fingers crossed we get accepted. That being said, we had to make a pitch video for the talk. And I couldn't keep it to myself because I wanted to share it with you. And I hope you enjoy. And then there's a link here. Oh, it's two minutes long. Let's see. If, tell me if you can hear this. 2022 was a momentous year for the merge and Ethereum Player One. But there was another reason for no, some of us. can't hear anything. Can't hear it? Okay. All right. So it, she put together a little video there. Doubt Stars, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, man, we're super excited. Um, obviously, post Hawaii, there was still like a lot of en energy around HodlerCon. And so, you know, while we were at HodlerCon, we decided, you know, we're going to do this again. And everyone was like, let's do it in 2023. And I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> I cannot. It was a do lot that. of work. But it was a lot of work. But we decided 2024, we're going to do it on a two year cadence. We're going to stick with the same of architecture uh that sort of fizz inspired and put in place so um we will use our uh each fun nfts vote and um as you guys saw a couple months ago we reached out and said hey if anybody has location submissions uh, send it over. And so we took those submissions we went through them. I'm sorry the Sahara did not make the cuts. Um, but we will be, uh, using those, uh, we have a top five in each of the price bands and, uh, we'll be using the beach bums to vote on what the number one is within each of the price bands. Uh, that vote is going to open up, um, mid February and, um, hopefully this talk will happen at December and then maybe we'll sell some more bums. Uh, the the vote will be open for six weeks, so we'll close it sort of um, mid-March. And then June 15th, 2023, the price will determine the location for each of those price bands. The current price so, of Ethereum. Yeah, the current price of Ethereum will determine what the price band is. So um, we kind of... I love that that's still there. I love that that, like, that layout persisted like um it, it's just it's kind of a a neat recognition of like the original setup cool yeah welcome. like yeah. i like it but um i'm one of those people who the price doesn't affect because i am a i have been drinking all the kool-aid and i'm not going to sell any of my ETH there on a vacation. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair it's fair yeah but um the other thing like you know sort of in that when i posted that you know 
uh, somebody said, yeah, like, I mean, the point is that it's supposed to be like, you know, we celebrate in the, during the bull market. And the thing is also is that a lot of what HuddlerCon is about is about community and like building community with each other. And it made me really excited to hear like Austin and Kudata are working together because like we all hung out together in HuddlerCon, right? Like, and so be able to like really sort of establish those that community that we have in layer one in layer zero and sort of move it into the um meat space as as like to say uh so it's it's just i think really important to just continue those relationships you know outside of just like conferences and and really bring our families in and i think that's what's also important is because really you know getting to know the families and i would have to say like that's kind of inspired some of the stuff that um Logan and i are also like interested in talking about um, which is another talk that we're going to do from tokenomics explained is the um crypto postmortem so basically making sure that your assets are available for your family you know in the long run so there's yeah, a pretty excited the the important the the bulletin board thing about Luau Dao is that it's actually an LLC out of the state of Wyoming, right? So we have we have managed to marry the digital with the real world in the business structure of it. Your anonymity is preserved in the way that bookings take place. So if you are a lurker, this is a good conference for you because when you book uh, wherever we stay, you're booking directly with the establishment. We have no record of you as a person, where you're from, what your real name or data is or anything. So that is a very important like distinction about what HollerCon represents uh, versus literally every other conference out there that I can think of. Let's go ahead and move on. Yeah, for sure. Wait, I, I have a two-second sure. pump um, for the alternative to HodlerCon. SellerCon is actually happening at the same time <laughs> in the Sahara Desert. Uh, yeah, it's, you can, yeah, anyway, this is a joke. I'm done. I'm out. I, I think it is important to note that, you know, the it's a great signal of the strength of the community to evolve from if it was going to happen to it is going to happen. So you develop these price bands and, and that, that original format you kind of spoke on, Fizz, but, but just evolving from if to when, you know, really signals the, the connections made bullish. Yeah. And one of the things too, is that we have the structure in place now, like, you know, a lot of what we struggled with uh, when we were planning HodlerCon the first time is those things that JT talked about, like preserving anonymity and making sure that we had like the right event planners and then getting all of the like structure of the DAO in place. And like, now that we have that, it it is easier to then repeat the event. We just now have to find our new location. Prairie Dog State Park, Western Kansas. Let's go. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right. Uh, Wednesday, January 11th. Minimal Gravitas discusses goats and staking. Good morning, ETH fam. So I've been thinking about whether LSDs represent almost a multipolar trap. A multipolar trap is a situation where participants are incentivized to act in a way detrimental to the good of the group and to themselves in the long run. 
The most obvious example is the tragedy of the commons. We each share a piece of land. It can support each of us grazing 10 goats. If I graze 11 goats, the quality of the land might deteriorate, but so slowly it won't matter. Whereas I get 10% more goat, it's an obvious choice. Unfortunately, you all make the same obvious choice, and so the field is overgrazed and after a few years becomes barren and most of everyone's goats starve. If you decide to be the better person and keep to the original limit of 10 goats, then all you're doing is disadvantaging yourself relative to the rest of the 11 goat ha havers. <laughs> we, all, uh, we can all afford more turnips than you due to the goat inflation, and so you end up outcompeted getting back to ether staking by using a centralized service rather than solo staking you get access to an lsd this gives you advantages in terms of opportunity access you can swap into something else if you want or create leveraged positions or whatever like with a shared field the disadvantage is on a community level the decentralization and legitimacy of the ethereum network and by extension ether the asset is compromised meaning it is less likely to be as highly valued in the future. Sure, you could take the high ground and not use a centralized service, but then you are disadvantaging yourself with lost opportunity cost. And if you do, and most people chose a centralized service, then you still lose out from the loss of perceived legitimacy anyway. Except that entire scenario is not analogous to Ethereum staking today due to another option that hopefully most of you have been hearing repeat in your heads the entire time you've been reading. Rocket Pool solves the lose-lose coordination failure by providing an option that gives people the ability to access an LSD without compromising the decentralization of the whole. With the multipolar trap uh, easily disarmed, Okay, with it, the multipolar trap is easily disarmed. The field doesn't need to be depleted for individuals to gain the advantages. Rocket Pool is the goat. I, I love the farm here. This is great for like just getting normal people to understand this. Uh, and, and I like that uh, farming is so regenerative by design, like it just has to be. And it translates so well to Ethereum and a lot, a lot of things. So kudos to Minimal. I I always love their posts. They're always easy to read. Uh, and Minimal is a genius. And somehow they still make it simple for somebody like me to understand. So well, I love this. Considering Great. you're somebody that can eat an entire goat in a single setting, I can see why you would resonate with that. Yeah, two goats, man. I could easily do two. <laughs> All right. One of the things that I really like about uh web3 in general is like changing incentives and aligning incentives and like i don't think that we can approach uh most problems by saying you should do what's what's good for the long term you have to change people's incentives and say this is going to be good for you on the short term and the long term so i think it's really important to support any protocols that are building in that direction that help people do the right thing all right let's go ahead and move on yeah, number 10, rounding us out of the week. We've got a double dude, two for the price of one. Lightfo Lightfoot highlights the significance which staking withdrawals has on decentralization. Then Diego D follows it up on their zero to hero staking journey. 
Thank you very much. Lightfoot, 950 plus comments, 97% in ETH Finance, Deuter 18 level. Don't underestimate the decentralizing impact Shanghai will have. Lots of people fully aligned with Ethereum's defining values like me have ETH staked with centralized exchanges where we would rather not, for various reasons, who will be empowered by withdrawals to revisit their position and consider going solo. I've run validators on testnet, but don't have the skills or confidence to do it with real money right now. But Shanghai, Shanghai marks a big psychological target for me to remedy that. And it's very easy to be inspired by people in this subreddit, describing how Rocketpool, Dapnode, etc. are very easy to do. Plus, Eatstaker and all their guides. It's taking on a huge financial responsibility, but it's all about integrity and aligning one's actions with one's values. And you can see that across the Ethereum community and it is inspiring. It might take six months, but I'm really looking forward to watching the transition of ETH from centralized stakers to clean, green, homegrown. He says, fanless, I recently learned here, so no noise and no fiddly dust hovering validators. I believe he's talking about the Intel Nooks or some, something similar. I named my testnet validator Raspberry Pi Goldfish because I often couldn't leave it alone more than a day without it dying. Even put a little goldfish sticker on it. I'm looking forward to carrying that BS over onto a nook. Name suggestions welcome. And Lightfoot this joins is... us on stage, actually. Lightfoot, hey, yeah, welcome. That's great. If you want to chime in on your post, that'd be great. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, the only thing to add, really, is I think this sums up what's so good about ETH Finance. Um, in that I'm I'm there writing something pretty basic, really, about withdrawals that most people have already thought of, um, but it's still encouraged. And then you have Diogo D coming in, who's you know a good few steps up from me technically, and he's demonstrating the exact result of that sort of community attitude of combining technical competence and friendliness, because um, he went from having no technical knowledge at all to now solo validating and um sort of empowering other people to do the same thing um yeah I, th I just think that's the most valuable thing about ETH finance is it's not it, you know sort of welcoming to uh to people who are quite a long way from the top of the um tech um tree <laughs> of confidence yeah it's it's something special diego d is that in the same thread a word just a little bit further down the page there it says this bring back memories yeah exactly um, Supervis, did you want to say something before I moved on? Yeah, I just, this, this is the kind of comment that I, I love to see regarding the maturation of ETH Finance and ETH Staker. Um, people know that we're sister communities. We're both, uh, welcoming first and knowledgeable second. Uh, and I would argue that we're even both wholesome communities. And I think that we are creating, um, we're creating evidence that wholesomeness can win in the end, um, because in a world where like uh, capitalism and profit maximalism are like the common sense approaches, we know that we can harden the chain, we can build a more robust community, we can build a, a more powerful network by engaging in these like community oriented wholesome approaches. So um, it's it, it 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 seems a little counterintuitive these days because you think the bad guys win, uh, but 
we are doing it. We're manifesting a healthy network through cooperation and working together. Uh, and so I'm, I'm proud of both of these communities. And Diego responds, this brings back memories. I was uh, so systems illiterate that it took me about a week to set up my rig before even syncing the blockchains. Almost every step in the guides, I had to Google something or pester the kind people in the eStaker Discord. I'd never used Linux before. Had to actually Google where to find the command prompt in Ubuntu as if terminal wasn't obvious enough. Didn't know what port forwarding was. Many such examples. Once I finally felt like I knew what I was doing, I wiped the entire system and started again from scratch, then did that a couple more times, each time getting quicker and more confident. I think by the third try, I had got it down to 30 minutes before syncing the blockchains. I ended up validating on testnet for only one day, then swapped over to mainnet. Specifically, remember Fizz telling me to practice on testnet longer, but beacon chain launch was imminent. I hesitated to no withdrawal mechanism, but decided there was no way I was missing Genesis. It's been more than two years since then, my rig diligently staking 24-7 without any major problems. In a weird way, it's been one of those only constants in my life as life's events pass by. The TL TLDR, I agree, Shane High, will likely increase decentralization. If I can do it, literally anyone can and will. A focus after Shanghai should be towards making the process easier to ensure it. That's what I love about this community, guys. You take people who, I mean, haven't even used a computer, and now they're staking Ethereum and securing a financial uh, network. It, it's amazing, really amazing. And it, and it proves what we do here is valuable and it proves that people are learning from all of us. Um, so, I mean, I think I, I love posts like this because this is why I come back to ETHFI every day and goof off and try to help people. And I, I know the ETH staker people, they spend hours and hours of their own time troubleshooting other people's problems. Uh, just because um, it, it really is. I love these. They're so inspiring. I mean, if you don't know anything about computers, you can still be a part of it. You can still learn uh, everything. This is awesome. Good stuff. Uh, a word. Do you want to do you want to talk about this uh, EF Research AMA series? I, I saw that you put it in the notes. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to give it a, a shout out just so people were aware of the ongoing AMA with the with the foundation really um a lot of really great useful information just reading through the comments the questions uh i've learned a lot just sitting here uh feeding it into my text reader and if you ever wonder if the ethereum core devs are ever in our subreddit they are this was uh, posted by jb schweitzer um really good stuff i'm glad that they're using us exactly as in, as intended this is what we want to do for people I think we're going to wrap it up. We have a link that are going to go to the episode two happy hour. We will put that link in the discord. Looks like there's a nine of 50 that have already been minted. So with that, is there any last parting words before we shut down? All right. I'm going to leave it at that. We've went right up to about one hour. Maybe we got to restructure this a little bit to one hour. It was good, though. I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, tune in next Friday. We live stream every Friday, 12 p.m. Eastern. Uh, 
tell your friends, tell your wives, tell your grandmas too. Uh, we're here to hang out, try to keep it family friendly. And we hope that you uh, subscribe on YouTube. This is a totally free thing. Uh, we don't monetize the channel in any way. And uh, any of that money that's thrown in on the PO apps, I guess, is just to help with, I don't know, keep the mouse in the mouse wheel. I don't know what we're going to do with that. Maybe I'll uh, buy some sauce with it in Denver. Uh, anything else? I think we're good. All right. Until next week. Thanks for hosting, JT. Always. Yeah, thank you, JT. I love I love this community, you guys. Everybody be good. Cheers.